You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. Hi, and welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. My name's Renee Jerusso, and welcome to those of you listening in and those of you that are listening for the first time. Motivation can account for 65% of our success in any role or business. And motivation is all around finding out what lights you up and satisfying that and tenaciously working towards the things that really matter to you. Today's guest personifies that and more. And I'm super excited to introduce you to Narelle Platt from Food for Health and Grain and Bake Co. Narelle is a mother, naturopath and business owner and the Food for Health business is her brand business and Grain Bacon Co is her manufacturing business. She started the Food for Health business over 10 years ago and after identifying a gap in the gluten-free allergy space, she built her business on this need. She created two functional mueslis for her patients to incorporate into their health plan and got the products stocked in a major supermarket and the rest is history. Grain and Bake Co is her newest venture into the world of manufacturing. It's a business that she's found from seeing a lack of options for brands to have muesli and granola toasted at a large volume. Going into this business has been a huge challenge for Narelle and she's taken it really in her stride and been persistent And I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Narelle. Welcome. Thank you. I'd love to hear, you've got an amazing business and we've done some work together over the years and I've just loved watching you, I guess, identify gaps in the market and and grow those and really stick to your why. I find that just so inspiring. I'd love to hear what got you started and what inspired you. Um, what got me started was I've always been an advocate for health and fitness. So um, mm. whilst in high school, I decided I'd like to be a naturopath. So um, through um, doing my bachelor degree, I worked in health food stores and realised that I liked the diversity between health food stores and, and, and sharing your knowledge of what you've learnt on the floor. Um, so from university, I went straight into retail. Yes, okay. Um, had health food stores. And then following the health food stores, I had an adjacent clinic where I built my multidisciplinary clinic up where I had other people also consulting to patients. And I created a functional cereal for my patients to incorporate in the daily meal plan, as you said in your introduction. And the rest is history. I identified at that particular point that there was no retail options. I mean, this is going back a long time mm. ago. No retail options for functionality, supporting um, gut health and um, gluten-free. So I decided to launch Food for Health. So Food for Health was born, yeah, well over 10 years ago. Wow. And getting in probably ahead of its time into what is such a grow, you know, fast-growing market. Can I ask you, when you, when you saw that gap in the market, and obviously you've had a passion for health and wellness goes right back, what was it that really compelled you to go, I'm going to get out of the clinic yeah. and into having a business where I can share my brand with the world? Well, I really liked that um, my patients, or I suppose my guinea pigs, I created these cereals for them and they worked and they really yeah. helped with their plan. So I really was inspired to obviously provide a solution for not just my patients in my clinic, but for the wider market. I always say that my patients were my five-year guinea pigs, so I knew that the products I had created 
had a, a, a need in, this, in, in the market. So um, from going from being so boutique and then deciding to launch a brand, you know, I, I kind of went from small solution to offering a bigger solution to the market. Yeah. So I was really proud of that. And then I, I got obviously very excited about having a, a brand of my own that's provided that totally. solution. And, and seeing it work firsthand, how could you not want to share it with the world? Absolutely. Which, Absolutely. Is, which is amazing. So I guess moving from a brand business, and I'm a big fan of your products, to manufacturing, what's been the biggest change that you've seen? Oh, wow. It's a significantly <laughs> different beast, manufacturing. Um, having a brand, it's exciting for different reasons. Manufacturing comes with many opportunities in this in this industry in Australia, but it comes with obviously many challenges as well. There's a lot more investment involved with the manufacturing side, obviously the setup costs around machinery and infrastructure, um, finding the right site for the right for the plant. So, you know, an, an initial setup cost for a brand is significantly small compared to a manufacturing. Yeah. But for me, I've I've really done a reversal. I've done brand then manufacturing, which is probably <laughs> the other the, way. The other way to do. Um, but I'm lucky enough that I had built a successful brand that enabled me to obviously have the the bank support to have the investment to build the grain and bake. Yeah, which is, which is amazing. And I think you're right. You have done it the other way around, which. Leads me to talk about, you know, I think the biggest challenges in life are our biggest gifts, mm. you know, and, and, and how we use those lessons to bring in and shape our business, our lives and our leadership. Um, I guess what would be the key challenge, top few challenges you've faced in your career branching out on your own to date and what are the lessons that you've learned from those? Initially, my first challenge, I'll talk about food for health, was yeah. um, learning how to deal with coals and Woolworths. And obviously, it's, it's very exciting once you get ranging, but then mm. that's only the tip of the iceberg in regards to how they actually operate. And there's so many layers and depths to building a successful brand in coals and Woolworths and, and overseas. Uh, I would have to say I learned the hard way with a lot of mistakes early on. And mm. um, if it's the old saying is, I had have known now what I knew then, things may have been a little bit different quicker. But anything that um, is a learning lesson for me, you take that with, you know, and I think you use it as a gift and yeah, you take totally. it on to next venture. So that was certainly a big challenge for me around understanding Coles and Woolies model, mm. but a very rewarding one at the same time. Yeah. In regards to manufacturing, again, another different world, but the challenge for me is just understanding how the equipment and your efficiencies and how you can push your equipment to get the quality product as well as the efficiencies in your, in your production line. So that's yeah. been, a re, you know, taking my brand hat off to put my manufacturing hat on. I've, I've really, really enjoyed the challenges around that because I've mm. learned so much. What I've learned in the last two years, I never thought I would know. So, And it's so good you've got that awareness that you have learned that. And you're right, I think sometimes the lessons and the challenges we're faced with come at the right time. If, if they didn't come at all they wouldn't be a lesson. That's right. And if they weren't a lesson, you wouldn't have noticed them to be able to, to, to implement them. That's right. What would you say if you had to just give me three words to describe what's kept you instead to, to really go from a brand business to a manufacturing business? Three words that have kept me instead. Mm. Oh, I'm such a can-do person. So that's, yeah. that's only two words. And I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. And I, I say that. that a lot because mm. being in business, especially with investment made with Grain and Bake, it's a very uncomfortable position to be in, especially in the first two years. So, mm. you know, I'm really comfortable being uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. And I love that. I think growth, everything outside of being comfortable is growth. Yeah. And even doubt. You know, there's not many days where you go, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge leap of faith. 
I've obviously backed myself. I've built a successful team around me now. and um, But you still have doubt. You, you know, you it's do. business, yeah. And I think if you don't have doubt, you're not going to grow. I think Absolutely. doubt gets us to check in and not just default to thinking we know everything, mm. so to speak. I'd love to ask you, who is your ideal market? Who, who's buying your products? Food for health point of view, where, yeah. where um, obviously... Our biggest market is Coles and Woolworths, obviously, from a retailer point of view, and Costco. But we really tapped in and still have tapped into mums with children with allergies yeah. are our core market. Yeah. Um, we're a more mature brand. Obviously, I'm a, more of a mature woman than I was 10 years ago. <laughs> I love it. But I'm more of a mature, mature brand. I've been in sitting in the health food category before it was trendy. So yeah. I'm fortunate yeah. enough that I got in at a really good time. Yes. Um, and we've been able to build some, some really good loyalty around our brand in the health food, mm. health food category. I, and I always say, you know, it's you, you can't rest on your laurels. You've got to be looking at what's next. And you're definitely a pioneer in this space. And I know some of your ingredients even years ago in some of the, the products I bought that were your brand or are your brand were ahead of the time. Brene Brown talks a lot about, you know, you can't have failure without innovation. Mm. And I'm very, very big on innovation in process and products. So innovation is obviously vital in the health industry. Where do your creativity and your ideas come from? It's funny you should say what you just say because my team often say you were just too ahead of the game with that Narelle. I remember my liver cleansing muesli, which is one of the functional muesli I created for my patients, is still one of my best sellers today. So we talk about how functionality is on trend now and it's the new thing. And in fact, it's been around for a long time. But as a naturopath, we are what we eat. So the functionality yeah. component has always been something that I've, it's one of my philosophies, right? So I kind of looked at how health food is, you know, everywhere in supermarkets and everywhere in, in you know, every aisle there's something that's trending towards health. But yeah, so I, I do feel it comes from a lot, an instinct passion in, in myself. Yeah. And what I've always loved and belief. to do and belief around, you know, we are what we eat. So today on, on, on the manufacturing side of things, the innovation really comes around, I'm going to say, processes, you know, equipment, how can we actually improve a product? How we improve a cluster size how can we improve a cluster size and decrease the sugar which is a really big kpi we're working around now because sugar is such a big top of mind topic and people understand it and people most, understand yeah. sugar absolutely and, and people are more educated now mm. so you know you have to be really clever around how you can deliver what you say you're going to deliver but for me now it's really about the um the process around manufacturing to make sure we can get product quality as we hope, as well as keeping those KPIs of the um, the matrix on the product. Yeah, fantastic. And it's an it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? You know, like daily. innovation. Yeah, it's, daily. So what helps you with that? I mean, you're obviously, and, and, and from what I know of you, you're very creative. You're an ideas person. You look at what's ahead. What other resources do you tap into to stay ahead of the game? I do travel a lot internationally. There's a lot of trade shows internationally. Obviously, being Australia, you are so far away. So I do try and get to Expo West, which is a really big um, natural food products yep. show. So I do try to take myself out of the game sometimes and go and just mm. observe and see what's happening in other countries. I'm, I'm fortunate enough now that I do have a lot of resources around me in regards to I've got a fabulous MPD team. So I'm yeah. only as good as the people around me as well. So yep. I've got a fabulous MPD team that helps well, actually, all what I will say is they bring me back to reality yeah, sometimes Yeah, because I've got these big ideas and they tell me what's actually going to hit the market and be successful. And they complement you, which we'll, we'll talk about soon, about having the different strengths in a team. That's what success is all about and leveraging those. Correct. Before we go on to that, though, what will we be seeing that's new and different in the market in the future and what's driving this? 
I still think sugar's a, a key KPI around people who are understanding that. Yeah. Um, and we have been doing a lot of work around that at the moment with, as I said, clusters and things. But we have been doing a lot of work around probiotics. Gut health is yeah. really important. Before my time, my liver cleansing muse is a gut health product. That was created such a long time ago. So it was future. Future. Yeah. But um, probiotics. Awesome. So people are really understanding the pre and the probiotics. And those who know will know that a lot of them aren't heat resistant. So we're trying to come up with technology around mm. how we can actually toast them through and get a good cover over our oats. So you know that per serve, you're getting the right amount of probiotics in your gut. So we're doing a lot of work around that now. And I think, you know, you're probably seeing all these kefirs coming through yeah. and yeah. all these products. So that's all around gut health. And if I may, one of the naturopathic principles is disease stems from your gut. So, you know, one of the things around your your optimal health is actually really looking after your digestive system. So that's the core. Cut in the pump. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a big believer in that. Mm. I think so many things stem from that. And if we look at it's the root, root of a lot of disease and, and right. unwellness. But again, it does come back to what we eat. Yeah, that's right. Spot on. So I've seen your team evolve from a brand business and obviously you've got some of those amazing people still with you to the manufacturing business where you've got a really diverse workforce doing totally different things. What do you think makes up a high-performing team or what I, what we call a limitless team, one that evolves, learns, unlearns and keeps on growing? For me, um, and again learning through myself around managing different levels of team is communication and making sure that they, they know that they are part of our, our, the team and making sure they know where the vision of the business is going and mm. our strategic methods to get to where we want to get to. I think that's really important for um, managing the team. And that, and, I, and I say that from my CFO down to my process packers in the factory. Yeah. If they know they're part of the family, part of the team, and they know where we're heading as a business, um, I think for me that's that's leadership. Yeah, I love that. And it's everyone has their their place. Everyone has their thing to do that contributes to the overall vision and the overall strategy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is so important. And how how do you make sure that they're involved? That there's buy in 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 what you're achieving for grain and bake, and obviously for food for health as a brand. I'm probably the one who talks the most within this business um, and some to say to a detriment. But I do like to get onto the floor and, and, and talk to people. And I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's it's really about bringing them on the journey around my vision around the business. And, and you know, sometimes you might have some flat days and, and people are feeling really negative and, and I'll say, hey, guys, look at where we've come. This was a paddock two years ago. Yeah. Look at the size of the shed that we've built and the brands that we're making for mm. now. We're making for some pretty key brands here at Grain & Bake now. So it's really, you know, you just got to still with your team that we're on track our vision is still as it is and that they're an integral part of the success of the business yeah totally and I think like I love what you said then it is about where have we been and where are we going and too often especially in tough times or when you you know you're innovating getting things across the line it can take time and I think people that love that quick reward and achievement they can be put off and I think really focusing on what you have achieved not just what you haven't mm. i see that too much and in life people do that personally mm. don't they what haven't i done instead of what have i done so that's a great reminder narelle just to really check in on what you have achieved to date for those listeners out there in any role in a business or in your own business you know reflect on what's worked what you've achieved and i guess the difference you've made which is a big one to people's lives can you name a time where, you know, you or the team has failed at something but it's led to innovation? 
Look, there's probably times when actually one of my NPD team members, won't name them, but actually use the wrong flavour in a particular product. The second sensory and the customer absolutely loved it. So there's little things like that that wow. happened. And it was a mistake, yep. but it brought out the actual, the actual overall flavour of the product and the customer was wowed by the actual product. So, you know, little things like that can happen, but that was just one key point that comes to mind. And and I think too it's it's embracing that. And obviously we don't you don't want heaps of mistakes in your business. No. But I think like like you know failure can lead to some of the biggest biggest innovations. Who who's a leader that you admire and why? Who's someone you admire, whether they're a public figure or just someone in in your network family? I, I will have to say my um, my stepfather. My stepfather is has been a very key person to to support my passion and my drive in regards to staying strong. He has had been a very successful businessman in his life and has been a big part of instilling that entrepreneurial skill set into me as well. I probably wouldn't tell him this, but I, <laughs> he would know now if he's listening. <laughs> uh, he's someone that I really admire. He's he's He certainly has taught me to be tenacious and um, mm. to keep on the journey. And one of his quotes is, don't look back because all you'll get is a sore neck. Yeah, I love that all about looking forward Forward, and I think that's that's amazing to have someone in your in your life that's close to you that's that's taught you that and Mm. it just shows that it's the people around us that usually have the biggest impact on us and um, you probably heard of this it's called the mirror anyone you admire and the traits or qualities you admire about them usually you have within yourself Mm. and Mm. um, definitely from what I know of you you have that you know, you say persistence is a key driver to keep you going and a, a never give up attitude, always say yes and figure it out later. How do you keep persistence? You know, you've got a young family, you've got, you know, these two massive businesses. You How do you, how do you keep on track? Uh, I thrive on challenges. I mm. think that's what makes me tick personally. I don't like being comfortable because I... Yeah, I think you can come complacent. Yeah. So yeah. I thrive on challenges. I thrive on coming to work and if they have a problem, finding the solutions to my team and, mm. and working together and working, walking away from a day at the office or down on the floor and saying, we fixed that problem today or, you know, mm. I, I thrive on that. So I think for me, and as I said, yeah, I'm always a glass half full because I can always find a silver lining. Any issue that you have at work, there will always be a positive outcome to it because if you've made a mistake you'll learn from it and you'll and you'll take mm. that onto your next journey i love that and it's taking ownership of the mistakes you know i've worked with a, you know i work with a lot of different organizations some take it on like you have in the team others you know won't admit it mm. and i think do you think that's a key part in if someone does make a mistake owning it learning the lesson but also sharing that lesson having that disclosure and openness to create that sort of culture? I am the first to say to my team, I don't know the answer. Mm. Um, and I'm the first to be vulnerable around a situation or whatever that means may be and say to them that I don't know the answer. Um, I love your input around what we think we should be doing and what love it. that should be. So, um, yeah, look, there's no I in team and I'm, I'm, I'm not – I'm a – I might be the leader of the business, but I'm, I'm not the t- – I'm not – you know, it's not yeah. all about me. So I'm a big believer in – employing your weaknesses yeah um, and I've got plenty there's no doubt I've got some strengths <laughs> but there's no doubt I've got plenty of weaknesses so I do I employ my weaknesses and I, and I think mm. I've built a really strong team that respect the fact that I do own up and say I don't know everything and I love that and it, it comes back to one of your your you know sayings your reputation is everything be honest at all times mm. Mm. you know I think if people don't own their mistakes 
that in itself is a mistake, mm. you know. But if you own it, you can accept it mm. and share it and mm. move on. And I think, you know, I've got some companies that are doing Failure Fridays. Um, they do call them other things. Wow. Um, where they actually share a failure point every yeah, wow. every every Friday. Um, you hope there's not too many, but no. they. But it's not what went wrong. It's what went wrong. What happened? What have you learned and how could this serve the room? Mm. So for listeners out there, if you're running teams, this is a great thing. Have a win Wednesday so we get some balance <laughs> and a failure Friday. Um, and you might only have one person share each week, but make sure you get the application out of it. What can they embed? The learnings from it. The learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love that. You've got here, you know, some quotes that you've got. Are you happy for me just to run through this one? Say yes, then figure out the how later. Well, that, that that stays true to me because that's what happened when I got my very first ranging into Woolworths. They said, we'll take it, and I was still hand-mixing it. Wow. So that was that's what, I, I live by that because, yeah, as I said, had my health food store, making music night by hand, got it ranged into Woolworths. We did it into DC in eight weeks' time, and I've gone, holy crap, okay, sure, mm. no problem. So then I, I found out the how, made it happen. I love that. And I think too, you know, from a, a psychology point of view, you know, yourself, if, if, if you really want something, you'll make it happen. And it can be stressful at the time because you're actually out of your comfort zone, but your mind can sort and perceive the world to make it happen. Mm. You know, what resources have I got? What do I need? I love that. Opportunities don't come around easily either. No. So you have to grab every opportunity that comes your way. And yeah, some you might just say, I can't, after yeah. you've said the yes and then you have. But yeah. nine times out of ten, I've always found the, the, the how do we make it happen. And yeah. um, as I said, you, you don't shy away from an opportunity. No, not at all. Second last question I'd love to ask you, if I, if I spoke to you about transactional leadership, versus transformational leadership what what do you think the key differences are transactional for me is probably more micromanaging in my interpretation Mm. um i don't micromanage my team at all i would say i'm very much about autonomy in my and instilling autonomy in my team and having faith in making the right decisions and transformational leadership Uh, yeah transformational for me is more about the journey and the inspiration and actually saying um empowering people to actually have a bigger picture and not just be so what's the word head down and look at the bigger picture yeah Um, i love that i think we're all on on this planet for a long a certain period of time so you have to look at you know the big picture and the journey and i'm a massive believer in both my businesses around flexibility and and being a leadership who leads by example and gives flexibility around as i said you know work life balance and things like that mm. as well so um that for me comes down to a nice way of being a, a leadership form too yeah i love that and and transformational is is it has longevity if you're everything you do every day every conversation relationship interaction at work is transforming the business mm. I think there's more heart in it. Mm. You know, it's more human-centered. And, and like you said, transactional is it's very ad hoc, mm. micro, mm. impulsive. Mm. So I love that. And I, th- I think, you know, from what, what I've seen in your business, you're definitely a transformational leader. And, and embracing the two sides of your business now is your next exciting challenge and Absolutely. bringing that together. Well, we all spend a lot of time at work. So, you know, I mm. always call my team my, my work family. So, you know, you have to... You have to respect what they do for your business and you have to respect they also have a family or a life outside of work. work. So. And however that may look. Correct. Being a limitless leader, we need to have balance in our lives. What do you do to focus on you? Well, I touched on it earlier that health and fitness has always been 
instilled in me since I was born. So um, I exercise is key for my body, but key, key for my mind. So I do make sure I go to the gym at least four mornings a week before my children get out of bed. Yeah. And um, that's my me time. But I find the days that I don't go, my stress levels can can exacerbate a lot quicker mm. because for me that's my zen time. And I do um, – I was talking about flexible working arrangements. I do try and get to my child's – School pickup, yeah, three days a week. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you'll find me flipping up my laptop at <laughs> ten o'clock at night to make up for that. But I'm yeah. present, present for my children. I'm present for my business. So when yeah. I'm at work, I'm at work. Or when I'm at home, I'm at, I'm at home. So and it's about being fully present wherever you are. Absolutely. And 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 for those those out there that you know get home at six o'clock, but you've got your laptop at the dinner table, you know you're better off staying at work getting home a bit later and being fully present and having what we call a work-life blend mm. instead of a work-life balance because a blend's more about that whole integration piece. Absolutely. My yeah. husband and I both agree that um, when we both get home because he has his own career, we get home from work, it's, um, you know, from about six to eight. Yeah. No phones. Yeah, I love that. Present with children. Kids go to bed, back to work. Yeah, yeah, and doing what you need to do in that time. I'm a big believer in a rally in what I call um, whole self leadership. So bringing in your self set, which is all about your thoughts, your beliefs, your values. Bringing in your mindset, which is all about you know how how, how you think, mm. and and obviously your heart set. So empathy and all those sorts of things. And I don't think you can have all of those if you're not starting with your self leadership, leading yourself. You know, leading what I call from the inside out, mm. which I think you do beautifully. It's, it's an ongoing challenge, mm-hmm. I know that, but it's having the discipline and the habits to bring that in. Mm. So just some quick trivia before we finish up. What is your favourite word? Oh, probably can't say that on air, my favourite word. But... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, we'll do a bleep. <laughs> it's can do. Two words, yep. but can do. I, I, I'm a can do person. Love it. And what sound or noise do you love? I never used to love this before I met my husband, but... Laying in bed, listening to the rain on the roof. Beautiful. Well, you get a bit of that in good old Melbourne good town, old Melbourne especially roof. last night. Jeez. And what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt if you could? Well, for me, it was always either naturopath or interior design, and I went naturopath, and that's now taking me on this huge journey. Yeah, wow, and you're happy, and that's what's important is being passionate about what you do. Do you have any final thing to say to any of our listeners and I guess especially those that may be embarking on their own business or they're an entrepreneur that's really kicked in a startup and might be finding it a bit tough out there or need some words of inspiration any key little takeout stay true to your journey I suppose just really stay true to your journey and believe in yourself and and look for your long-term vision and as, as to where you want to go because from food for health till now, it's 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 not about the destination; it's about the journey. And you're going to have some really great highs, and you're going to have some really bad lows. But it's around staying true to it and having the tenacity to keep through those tough times. I love that. Thank you, and totally agree, Narelle. Being a being a business owner myself, it's keep inspired by the the great times and the great clients and the difference you make, and tap in and anchor that when the times are a bit tough. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And I hope those of you out there listening, I'm sure you got some key nuggets out of that. And thanks again, Narelle. Keep an eye out for our Limitless Leader Masterclasses that we're running once a month out of the Waterman Business Centres over lunchtime. 
and also some of our public workshops that we've been running as well as our in-house programs. Have a look at social media and our website. And as always, please contact us if you've got any specific topics you'd love us to delve into further. Thank you and have a great day. You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 